want to show you one passage of scripture from 1 Samuel 17. Excuse me, 1 Kings 17. Praise the Lord. You can bring the lights up. I promise I won't preach long. Not because I don't have a lot to say, but because the school will kick us out. So stay with me for a moment on the keys. Just one moment. 1 Kings 17. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. Notice that. So he went. So he went. A lot of y'all's life would get a lot better if you would just do verse 10. Just, just obey the last thing God told you to do. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was getting it, I love this. This is the most man move in the world. And can you bring me a bite of bread also? Can you bring me a sandwich while you're at it? She said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar, a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was, I was just gathering sticks. I was going to make one last meal and my son and I were going to die. But Elijah said, I love this. Don't be afraid. Go do what you're going to do. Like, cool, you, you think I'm going to die? Go, go do your thing, but, but make a little bread for me first. Notice that. The preacher didn't say, make, a, make one big piece of bread, cut it three ways, and we'll all have a piece. He didn't say that. He said, make mine first. Which sounds incredibly insensitive, but he was teaching her a principle. Because he was letting her know by the time she got back to the kitchen, God would be doing a miracle. But this is what the Lord says. The God of Israel says there will always be flour and olive oil left in the containers until the time the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Notice what she says. I'm going to eat one last meal and die. And I want to talk just for a few moments from the idea, who told you it's over? Who told you? Y'all going to help me preach today? You're going to be quiet. Who told you it's over? Let someone around you know, let them know this, let them know it's not over. Come on, tell them it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Father, speak now in Jesus' name and everybody said amen. amen. And amen. Prophets in the Bible are seers. They see things. They see and they hear and they help the people of God see and hear. God would constantly speak to his prophets in scripture, but then he would also ask them this question, what do you see? Ezekiel, what do you see? Elijah, what do you see? Uh, Jeremiah, what do you see? And it was important that they could see what God was doing and also hear what God was doing so that then they could tell the people what God was doing. And it is important for me as a preacher to constantly try to remind you of what God is saying and what I'm seeing because as long as you're out there, it seems to be a lot of bad news constantly and a lot of discouraging news constantly. So it is important for me to help you see what God sees and hear what God is saying so that you can make it through any drought just like this woman. Helen Keller said that there is something far worse than being blind. It is having sight with no vision. And I find a lot of visionless, seeing believers. Let me just remind you that these eyes, they lie. 
And they will lie to you constantly and they will constantly give you the worst case scenario. So I want to help you see today and I want to help you hear today. And here's the first thing I want you to see. I want you to see your future. I want you to see your future. The woman said, I'm going to make one more meal and I'm going to die. This is it. It's over. For many of us, you need to understand that fear doesn't feel like terror. Feel, fear feels like hopelessness. Come on. Fear feels like depression. I've had two panic attacks in my life. Both times I drove to the emergency room. I walked into the ER and I looked at the doctor and I said, I'm having a heart attack. I'm dying. Fix it. <laughs> and both times they said, we got good news and bad news. The good news is you're not having a heart attack. I said, well, what's going on? They said, you're having a panic attack. And I was so full of fear, but it didn't feel like fear. They said, you're depressed. I said, I'm depressed. I said, I don't feel like that, but I feel like I'm dying. Because fear will tell you you're dying. Fear will tell you it's over. Fear, fear will tell you this is your last meal and it's over. Satan will tell you that this is the last sentence of your book. When in reality, it's just the last sentence of that chapter. Never stop at a chapter when God is still writing your story. But you got to see it. Fear feels like dread. It feels like depression. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Jesus said there would be two contending spirits in the last days. Here's the first one. The people will be terrified. Luke 21, 26. People will be terrified. We live in that. You wake up in the morning. You grab your little evil little demon thing here. And you open up Twitter or now threads if you're under 30. Or Instagram or TikTok. And you just see the worst. You just see the worst that's going on. And we're just terrified because it's just bad news. Democrats are afraid of Republicans. Republicans are afraid of Democrats. Everybody's scared of everybody. Everyone's afraid of everything. Everyone's fearful. Uh, the news lives on fear. If, if the news could share good news and make money, they would, but they can't. I'm not mad at you if you're part of the news, but... but so it's constant terror. And with technology, we're exposed to it constantly. A lot of you have never seen a carjacking, but you open up TikTok and you get in a carjacking algorithm. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all never seen a street fight in your life, but you just watch them on TikTok. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This world crazy. No, it's just you algorithms jacked up. But we're terrified. Now that's in the world, but there is a different spirit for the people of God. His name is the Holy Spirit. You know, we believe in the Holy Ghost around here. Naomi wasn't speaking in Spanish, she was praying in tongues. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost gets on you, Acts chapter 2, man, I feel the power of God. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, here's the first thing that happens when the Spirit of God comes on you. You start prophesying, future talk. That's all prophecy is. Prophecy is not, thus saith the Lord, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying unto thee. No, it's not King James English. Prophecy is future talk. It's getting a word about your future and attaching your soul to it and digging your heels into it saying, I'm going to live there. 
You'll prophesy. And here's the next thing that happens. Go back to the scripture. It said, we're going to have dreams and visions. So now I'm not led by appetite. I'm not led by fear. I'm not led by fight or flight. I'm led by dreams and visions. I have a picture. I have an idea. And I have a word. And now Hebrews 9, that hope becomes an anchor to my soul. I dig deep into hope. You go, you're delusional. No, I'm just full of hope. You're in denial. No, I'm just a person of prophecy. You're you're denying the reality. You're denying the mountain. No, I'm speaking to the mountain. I'm speaking a future word over my future. This will not be my last meal. This will not be your last year. This is not the end for you. But you got to see it. If you're waiting for me to preach, I'm preaching. Just because it's been one way does not mean it will always be that way. See, she was judging her tomorrow by yesterday. I've been in a famine, going to be in a famine. Been living in a famine, going to die in a famine. What, what was is what will always be. No, no, no. We have a God who can reverse the curse. We have a God who can flip the devil on his head. We have a God of an upside down kingdom. We have a God that can turn that curse around, that can turn that fight around, that can turn that struggle around, that can heal disease. We, we serve a God who can sustain through any economy. We serve a God who can break you free. We serve a God who can turn it, who can resurrect it, and who can heal it. I see you in your future. And you look better than you do right now. You've been losing weight. I see you. You're healthy, you're strong, you gotta see your future, you gotta see it. And you gotta stop naming your future based off of your past. Two, you gotta see your calling, you gotta see your calling. I don't know how to, I don't know quite how to explain this phrase other than it's in my spirit that your calling will sustain your spirit. Purpose will sustain you. You gotta, you gotta get this in, I don't even know how to say it. Quite, I'm going to try to work on it for next week, but purpose will sustain your spirit. Um, I, I, have, I have commanded a widow there. Now, here's what's interesting about our Bible translations. This wasn't written in English. It was written in Hebrew. And sometimes our translators are doing the best they can to, to translate the word. But command would not be the right word here. The best Hebrew to English transliteration would be, I've appointed a widow there. I've assigned a widow there. I've assigned for special use a woman in Zarephath. Watch this, watch this. Because Elijah walked in, he goes, can I, can I get some bread? She goes, oh my, OMG, Elijah, I've been praying for you. I was in prayer this morning, the Holy Ghost told me you were coming. I'm so excited to see you. I've already got bread baking, this is going to be great. No, no, she had no idea who he was. Watch this, she never heard God. But God saw something in her. I've she was just as anointed as Elijah. Can I, can I say it like this? She needed Elijah's oil, but he needed her oil. You know that I need you? Y'all know that? Preachers ain't supposed to talk like this. We're supposed to act like we're the, we're the, we the house of God. You leave here, God gonna kill you. Nuh-uh, I need you. And let me push back a little bit. And you need a pastor. Amen. Don't have to be me, but you got to find one. Because I need your oil and you need my oil. 
I need your appointing and you need my appointing. I need your anointing and you need my anointing. Elijah needed her just as much as she needed him. God and God was demanding a yes from both of them because they both had to obey. Elijah had to obey God, but she had to obey Elijah. And she was just as appointed for the moment as Elijah. Listen to me. Chosen for special use, sitting in her house, looking at her child and telling herself it's over. I want to ask you again, who told you it's over? Who told you this is the end of your story? Who told you this is your final chapter? The drought had been long and hope was running low. And her faith had all but died and the devil said, you're next. But God said, that's my girl. And I've appointed her and I've called her and I've given her a purpose. And she had to step into purpose. Because what she could have done is she could have just made her little piece of bread and ate her bread and died. But she chose purpose. I want to tell you about two men very quickly. I want to talk, talk to you about Victor Frankl and Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud taught the idea that humans are just seeking pleasure, that, that the chief goal of all of humanity is just pleasure. We're just looking for pleasure. And we're just searching for pleasure. But there was this other man named Victor Frankl who said, I disagree. I don't, I don't think pleasure is our ultimate goal. I think it's purpose. I'll prove it to you because you can have a lot of zeros in the bank account and still be depressed. You, can, you, you could get the dream house and still hate your life. You could drive, drive your car, love it, but that, that isn't going to satisfy your soul. Because it actually isn't pleasure, it's purpose. And Frankel said, actually, what's really happening is people are numbing themselves because they can't find purpose they're numbing themselves with pleasure and God warns of this and he said people are going to love pleasure more than they love God 2 Timothy they're going to love pleasure nothing wrong with pleasure but you can't love it more than purpose and you can't love it more than God you got to love God and you got to love purpose. And then when purpose rewards you, you enjoy it, but you never fall in love with it because purpose will, uh, pleasure will never love you back. It's okay. It just won't love you back. So you got to love God. You got to love purpose. And then when you get rewarded with whatever, enjoy it, but don't love it because it's a terrible lover. And if she would have said, no, I'm going I'm to have one more blessed meal. Praise God. Because bread is the bomb. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't like, I got this kale. That wouldn't have been a sacrifice. It was bread. But if she ate it, she would have fulfilled her own demonic prophecy. And she would have died happy, but she would have died. She would have died with a full belly, but she would have died. But the moment she tapped into purpose... Wait, I'm, I'm assigned not to eat this. I'm assigned to sow this. I told you I was going to preach quick. Point number three. I'm a three-point preacher. Number three, you got to see the, you got to see the possibility. You got to see the possibility. You got to see the possibility. Elijah rolls up. He goes, hey, girl, can I get some bread? I love her response. I don't have bread. All I have is some flour and some oil. 
God asked something of her that she did not have. So I've been preaching a long time and I'm I'm contradicting myself today because I've been preaching for a long time that God won't ask you for something you don't have. But I'm kind of contradicting myself today, which I'm happy to do. I like that. That means I'm growing because uh, God asked her for something that she did not have. Now let me give a caveat, fully formed yet. Because God doesn't need your fully formed, matured self. He needs you in flower form. He needs your oil. He needs your raw gift and grit and grace that isn't fully developed yet, that hasn't been through the fire yet, but he wants it right now. Now he's going he's to cook you, trust me. He's going to mature you. He's going to work on you. But he doesn't need you perfect. He'll take you as you are. And then he'll do something with you. But he asked for something that she did not have fully formed. But that she did have in the raw ingredients. And maybe God's asking something of you today. Can, can you give him where you're at? Can you give him your flour and your oil? Can you, can you give him where, where you're currently at? Not your fully formed self. God is asking her for something that she does not have. And maybe you're here going, God's asking me for something that seems impossible. Good. But you're probably ignoring the fact that it's around you. The miracle's in the house. You just got to look for it. She didn't know she had the answer, but she had the answer. She did have what God was asking for, just she had to see it through possibility, through. Because see, see this is in that. I ain't trying to be deep, I'm trying to help you. And, and, and that is in this. And I'm telling God, I don't have that. And he's going, but you got this. And if you'll give me this, I'll, we'll get to that. But if you're waiting to get here, you'll, you'll never get bread without God. So you got to see it in its raw form and celebrate where you are. Your cussing self, your angry self, your depressed self, your lustful self, your insecure self, wherever you're at right now that you just, you're, you're like God could never. No, no, no. You're right here right now. But, 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 but this is in that. And if you'll surrender this, because as weak as you are, you still got oil. You still got God. You still got a grace. You still have an anointing. And if you'll give God your oil, God can make something of you. Can I, can I break it down? Uh, Moses' parents look at their little baby boy in Hebrews 11. And they go, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 23. They look at their little son. They go, he's no ordinary child. He's so special. He's special. And they're looking at that cussing, angry stuttering out of control can't talk to Pharaoh has to talk to Pharaoh through his bro Aaron 
Y'all know that's true, right? We read the Bible and it's like, and Moses said, let my people go. No, he didn't. He lied. He, he, told, he told Aaron to tell him because he couldn't talk because he was so scared. And Moses' parents look at him all jacked up and go, he's not ordinary. He's special. Because they saw this. And that. You got to see different. Jesus is at a wedding and the wine runs out. And they said, it's over. Party's over. Wedding's over. And Jesus said, who told you it's over? Mary said, this isn't how the story ends. And Jesus has a conversation with Mary. And Mary goes, you, you need to do something about this. And I almost think that the reason that Mary talked to Jesus about it is because I think in her mind she's going, we had plenty of wine until you and your crew showed up. <laughs> That's just what I... Like we were good till Judas walked in. I don't know. He started turning up and we're out of wine. So fix it. You know what? Jesus didn't go, yo, Judas, let me see the money. Let me, here's, here's, here's a couple hundred dollars. Go to Lee's, get, get some, get some wine. He didn't even say, yo, Peter, go, go find some, go find some vineyards. Give me some grapes. He didn't, he didn't even say that. You know, he, you know, it was really weird. Jesus said, go get some water. We, we don't need water, Jesus. We need wine. We don't need water. We need grapes. We don't need... Hey, just give me water. Because I don't need grapes and I don't need money and I don't need what you think you need to make wine. Because I'm Jesus. So get me water. Can you... Can you see the wine... In your water. Because he demanded wine. And they didn't have wine. But he didn't need wine. And he's demanding something of your life right now. That you're going, I, I don't have that to give. Can you see the wine in the water? What can you give him? Because he doesn't need what you need. He just wants a yes. All he wants is all you have, not what you've told yourself you need. So we're waiting around for things and God's going, I don't need any of that. Just get me some water. Can you see the wine in the water? Can you see the bread in the flour? Can you see the bread in the oil? Can you? Can you see different? It's not over. Hear me. It's not over. It might be the end of a season and it might be the last chapter, but it's not the end of the book. It's not, you're not dying in this. I don't know, I'm talking to you. You're not going to die in this. This isn't your last year. This isn't your last moment. That wasn't your last shot. That wasn't your last opportunity of a lifetime and you'll never have another one. God's bigger than that. God's bigger. God's bigger than your moments of strength and weakness. God, it's not over. Who told you it's over? Who lied to you? 
It's not over. And if you've been in that, you're going to come out of that right now. You're going to come out of it right now. And you're, and you're going to stop saying, this is it, I'm going to die. The flower never ran out. The oil never ran out. She outlasted the drought. And so will you. Let me see your hand if that's for you right now, if that's for you. If you got your hand raised, can you just stand with me? It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Not yet. I don't feel like I have what I need, but what I do have, you can have it, Jesus. And that what Peter and John said, silver and gold I have. I don't have, I don't have the obvious thing I need for the moment, but here's what I got. Give God what you got. <laughs> Lord, strengthen your people. Encourage your people and heal your people. For every hopeless soul that has found themselves in a moment of dread, in a moment of this must be the end, it is not the end. For every person that's so discouraged they don't even know how to put words around it. Let them know this is not the end. For every person that feels like the only way I know how to define this moment is I'm going to die. No, you're not. Because the hand of the Lord is upon you. And he's opening your eyes to see. Raise your hands with me. He's opening your eyes to see. God, help me to see it like you see it. Help me to hear what you're saying and help me to obey what I hear. Now, Lord, breathe life. We speak life into your people. We speak that name, that glorious, beautiful name of Jesus into the very soul of every person. Take that heavy burden right off their shoulders. Put a mantle of grace and peace on them. Come Holy Spirit. prophesy, help us to have dreams and visions, help us to talk future talk. It's not over. Thank you, Lord. So with every 
eye closed for a moment. If you're, if you're not standing, would you stand with us? If you're here today and you say, Javen, you know, I don't actually know. I don't actually know Jesus. I've actually never had a moment of giving my life to Christ, a moment of lordship, a moment of surrender. I want to pray with you. And if you're here right now and you say, Javen, I need to give my life to Jesus. Or I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Would you pray with me? Now, I'm going to ask every person to pray. But it's going to mean so much for you to pray. So everyone together say, Jesus, I believe in you with all of my heart. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins for the things I've done. Make me brand new. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just keep your eyes closed for one more moment. If you're here right now, that was you. That was my prayer. That was my prayer. I'm giving my life to Christ or rededicating my life to Christ. That was my prayer. If that was your prayer, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up high. We just want to celebrate for a moment. No one's going to make a scene of you. No one's going to bother you. But you know who you are. And our, and our, I want to I give you a moment of publicly professing your faith. I'm giving my life to Christ, rededicating my life to Christ. It's not over. I don't care how much you've sinned. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you're into right now. It's not over. God's grace is stronger. This is your moment. This is your, don't try to clean your life up and come back. This is your moment. I'm giving my life to Christ, rededicating my life to Christ. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up all over, all over, all over. Our team is coming right now to minister to you. They're not, they're not going to bother you. They're not going to get any information from you. They're just going to hand you a card very quickly. And all this card is is a little bit of information about how you can take some next steps in your faith and make some moves towards a life of purpose. But we're not, we're not bothering you. We're not getting any information. We're not making a show of you. But just wherever you're, if you just keep your hand raised for one more moment so our team can get to you, they're... I know they're frantically running, but I, I promise you we're getting to everyone. If you can just be patient. I know it's kind of chaos, but I, I love it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow, so many people today saying yes to the Lord. Unbelievable. Thank you, Jesus. If you still need one of those cards, just be just patiently wait with us for one more moment. Fantastic. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Hey, let's celebrate all those today who are giving their life to Christ. Somebody say it's not over. Naomi, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We really love you. We pray for you. We pray that whatever's in your heart to do over this year and next year, that God would make a way, that God would protect you, that he would strengthen you, give you supernatural endurance, that he would cover your family. You have an oil that has healed our hearts. Like the oil that the Samaritan put on that man, you've, you've sung us through dark moments and 
We don't see you as a commodity or a product or an artist, but as a minister. And we recognize the all the yeses that we'll never see and all the grace and all the prayers and all the difficult decisions, all the navigation that you had to make. And we've been healed through your voice. And so we, we ask that as you watered us, we ask that God would water you back and would refresh you. And we're so grateful. We're so absolutely grateful for your, for your oil. You know, as ministers, you, you might think we feel like Elijah. We feel more like the widow, I promise you. <laughs> but we have an oil that we have to, that we have to use. She's been pouring out all weekend. and There's nothing like that feeling of just of coming off of all of it, needing to recover emotionally, physically, financially, just on every level. But man... I'm so grateful for God's hand on you. I'm so grateful for God's grace on you. We, and we just, I just declare what Nehemiah said, the good hand of God is upon you Amen. and will remain on you in Jesus' name. All right. Um, so directly that way, we'll dismiss you in one second. Directly that way is gonna be her her pop-up shop right through the courtyard, children's ministry, obviously over there. Anybody who's new, we'd love to meet you over at the tents. We have popsicles for everybody because it's a million degrees. Anything I need to say? Youth on Wednesday, going to be incredible. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Let's get, uh, before I pray this, let's, I don't want, if Naomi stays down here, she's never getting out. So let's bring her somewhere. So that we, so we can get her to the place. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. And may the Lord give you his peace. I declare you're blessed. I declare the name of the Lord is upon you and your family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you guys. We'll see you next week.